0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Indie Elixir podcast. My name is Carter Bryden, and I know it's been a month since the last episode, so I do apologize for taking so long to put another episode out here. Uh, it's been really busy with my client work and projects, uh, so I'll be working on getting these out more often as as often as I can. No guarantees on schedule right now. Hopefully, in the future, I can lock that down a little more. So this week for episode number five, I wanted to talk about testing and refactoring and a little bit about uh, my side project Forte and where that's at. So to start off with, uh, maybe I'll talk about Forte first here. Uh, so Forte, uh, as I've talked about in other episodes, it's a video chat platform for experts and enthusiasts. You can uh, basically sell your time as an expert. Uh over video chat, consulting with people, giving them help on any particular topic. You can sell packages, that kind of thing. So I've been working on that for quite a while now. And and when I started the project, it was just to learn the Elixir language itself and the Phoenix framework. Um, So I I don't regret starting that a while ago and working on it for quite some time. But I'm at the point now where I think it's probably time for a soft launch right away. And I've done things not necessarily the right way. If you're someone who listens to indie hackers or startups for the rest of us or spends any time in those kind of communities, uh there's a lot of talk about build an email list, have a uh audience built up, all these kind of things. I just haven't done that. And so I'm sure it'll be slow growth and, and you know, not too many people are, are gonna show up right away. I'm totally okay with that. Um I do have a few people who've expressed some interest on being on there. Uh, You know, they're already doing this kind of thing, but, you know, with a a variety of tools and it's not very easy for them. And so uh, I'll be bringing on board some of those people and we'll see how it goes from there. Um, Since I'm going to be launching it right away, um, there's a few things that I wanted to do before I get it out there. It's definitely in a state where... I'm proud of some things, and I'm embarrassed about some things. I think that that's pretty normal when you're coming up with your own side project. Um, You just can't do everything perfectly, especially before launch, and if you do, you're probably waiting way, way too long. I would argue that I've waited too long in this case, but um, there's definitely a few things in there that I'm still embarrassed about, but I think overall it's a solid app and it works well. So. Before I launch it though, there's a few things that I as the owner and developer need to do to be responsible um, and responsible for the users that are going to be using this, especially since it's something that takes payments. Also responsible for my own sanity. Uh, You know, once it's out there and it's being used, I don't want this to be something that has huge support time put into it. I would like it to work well and not break, essentially. So... If it's not breaking and people are having an easy time using it, all of those things, they won't need as much support requests. Everything will be happier. Everyone will be happier with that situation. So to get there, one of the things that I need to have are tests. So I have a, a bit of a philosophy on on testing that I'll share with you right now. Um, and in general, it's that TDD is good. Test-driven development is good. Um... And that it's really important to do anything with a project that is going to be around for any amount of time and see any amount of change or extending or that kind of thing. Uh, I do think that when you're working on a greenfield project, a lot of people tend to use TDD as test-driven design rather than test-driven development. I'm personally a little bit against that because I think that that tends to limit you to Developing and implementing things the way that in a limited way that Appeals to you as the developer because it's easier or you know It's what seems possible rather than what is the best outcome and the best result for the end user so For instance if we were going to do something with scheduling um, You might be thinking well, okay It's going to be really difficult to do scheduling this way or that way, but Uh, And it's hard to write a test to test for scheduling, uh, you know, the way that people actually want to use it. But when you talk to people, they say, well, I'd like to use it, uh, you know, I'd like to be able to select three times and if one of those works, great. And, you know, that kind of thing, Um, that, that might be something that's really hard to test for. But that's what people want, and we should be building that rather than what's easy to develop. And it's easy as a developer to fall into that trap of what seems possible rather than what is best. Um, Because it's always possible, but we tend to look at things and go, oh, that's going to be such a pain in the ass. Sorry for swearing. Uh, (laughs) That's going to be such a pain to do that that, you know, that's not possible. We can't do that. Uh, which I think is the wrong way to look at it. So, for one thing, I try to avoid that—that—that uh, that, that test-driven design where design should be driven by what people want, uh, how they want to use it. So, anyways, um, the other thing is that when you have a greenfield project, test-driven development tends to—it tends to uh, boil down to a lot of small tests, and that often are testing things that are sort of redundant, like your what you you are really testing is the ORM almost or the, you know, saving to a database or something, which already has tests in that packages or, you know, the ORM or whatever you're using. Um, For my case, it's Ecto. Uh, They already have tests for saving to the database and stuff like that. So really, you know, having a test that this saves to the database is just testing Ecto. And that's not very useful, in my opinion. Um, The other thing is that if you've got tests written that way, it's very difficult To change things without rewriting a lot of tests. And so essentially you end up with a lot of brittle tests that need to be changed very frequently um, because you don't know what you want at the beginning of a project. The beginning of a project is when you know the absolute least you will ever know about this project. And so writing the tests right away um, might help you figure out where you want to go along the way. But as I've said before, I would argue that the design that's design. And so you should be designing that from the other end of things rather than from the implementation standpoint, you should be designing that from the user standpoint. So I want to avoid, I wanted to avoid brittle tests. I wanted to avoid wasting time. I wanted to move swiftly and that kind of thing, you know, as a developer, like we like to do. Um, and so I started off doing TDD in exactly the way I just described. And I stopped doing that pretty quickly because I didn't know what I wanted yet. I was changing things so frequently. Um, And what I ended up doing instead was I would try something out. I wouldn't write any tests. I would just try something out and see how I liked it and whether it worked. And then if it worked, I would go and I would write a feature test or a use case test, whatever you want to call it, but a higher level test that essentially acts almost like a user. So let's say it's a a search test. So I should be able to go to this page. I should be able to enter this text into the search box and these elements should appear, that kind of thing. Um, that to me is a much more useful test in general because, uh, well, for a few reasons. So the first reason being that because it's high level, you are testing what the the user actually cares about, which is, does this work the way I'm expecting it to? Um, which is a very good first test. The other thing is that if something in the pipeline is broken, something lower down or under the hood, that test will still fail. It still won't work, probably. Um, and then if you're running into issues there, you might not know right away with that kind of test what's gone wrong. But because you've got something going wrong there, it's failing, that's when you can start drilling down into the lower level tests. And those are designed to help you figure out sort of those lower level problems. You know, what's going on under the hood to make this the use case test here fail? Uh, so that's what I started doing. I, I ended up writing mainly the feature tests because um, it's hard to tell when you're working on a new project at what point do I start drilling down uh, and you know, at what point am I certain that this is the way I want it to be, which is difficult and a judgment call really. So now that I'm getting closer to launch, I basically have to decide, well, this is what I wanted. I don't think I want to change any of these so dramatically right away. Uh, So now I'd like to drill down into some of those lower level tests. So that's what I'm doing uh, right now. I'm writing a lot of those lower level tests to basically back up some of these feature tests, um, you know, so that if they fail, I'm going to have some more information and to feel more confident about uh, what's actually going on. with the smaller individual pieces of a feature. So part of the reason why I'm doing this is I also have another philosophy that I would love to tell you about right now. Uh, So it's it's my philosophy on on refactoring. And my philosophy is essentially refactoring is a feature. It should be treated as a first-class citizen, and it deserves time in your schedule. So if you're a developer, especially one who's worked in an agency or anything like that, you know what it's like to work on an MVP, which if an MVP were a book, it would be the first rough draft, which means basically it sucks. It's, it works. It definitely, the story is there if it was a book, um, but it's not done very well uh, at a lower level. So in an app, that might mean that some things are maybe a little hard-coded or they're not very reusable. They're not very extendable. Uh, they're very coupled. So changing one thing changes a lot of things. It's hard to delete things, uh, that kind of thing. And so anybody who's had to work on a legacy project knows that that is the slow death of any software project. Um, If you, it's very easy to do that for the MVP and then, well, you've got to rush or, you know, your boss or your client's customers, whoever, they really want this new feature out there right away. Uh, it's it's of the highest importance, drop everything else, get this feature out there. So you do that again, you basically make an MVP for that feature. And it's it works, but it's okay, it's got some problems. The thing is that builds up and compounds very quickly. So I'm trying to avoid that. I don't want to get down the line where I'm afraid to touch the code. I'm afraid to change something. Every time someone asks for something, I get this horrible feeling in the pit of my stomach because I know changing that is going to be this grueling, awful process of reaching into a thousand different parts of the app and changing something. So what I'm planning on doing instead is I'm going to put refactoring as a first-class citizen in my schedule. Uh, So that basically means I've committed to doing 25% of my development time as refactoring time, which basically means as soon as I launch here, I'm going to be taking a month of refactoring. I won't be adding any new features, no matter how much people ask for it. I won't be doing any uh, changes to the way that the app works on the surface. So when you use it, it won't appear to work differently, nothing like that. Instead, I'm going to be working on refactoring. And when I say refactoring, I mean true refactoring. I'm sure there will be a few cases where a bit of rewriting might be the uh, might be necessary. But uh, by refactoring, I mean the result is the same, but the way that it gets to that result is different. So that means rewriting code to not have hard-coded... Um, values or things like that. Pretty basic stuff there. But it also means things like decoupling and moving functions, uh, extracting functions into smaller, uh, more decoupled uh, modules and functions, moving things into their own contexts. for uh, those of you who develop with Phoenix. Um, A lot of things like that. And the idea being, if I spend 25% of my time doing that, then the rest of the time... When I'm building features, I think that I will get more gains in terms of efficiency and time and reliability and, and, and many other things. I should get a lot more gains out of that than the 25% time. So I suspect that doing it that way, I'll be able to build new features not 25% faster, but maybe 50 or 75% faster. Because it'll be essentially a very nice code base to work within. It'll be very easy to extend, it'll be very easy to reuse things, be easy to delete things when I don't need them anymore, that kind of thing. So that's my plan here. Um, To do that I need tests. Tests and refactoring go hand in hand. You don't want to refactor unless you've got tests. Uh, They are best friends. So first I'm writing the tests, then I will do a soft launch here. I'll put it out there. little bit nervous about that I'm a little bit embarrassed about it because uh, you know there's parts of the app that just aren't as good as I want them to be but at a certain point you need to get it out there people need to use it and I'm sure there are there are features in the app that some people or or nobody will want I'll I'll have completely missed the mark nobody will want it and so we'll need to change them or get rid of them there will be things in there that I didn't think of at all that need to be added There'll be a lot of things. And so having this testing and refactoring ready to go and well thought out means that I can actually do those things properly and it'll help me sleep at night. You know, I, I'm responsible for what happens in this app at the end of the day, there's going to be money changing hands. There's, there's a lot of things. And so I don't want to launch a a side project that is essentially a much worse, much lower paying full-time job, you know? So... If I do this right, it should translate directly to less support, less headaches, less stress, happier users, all of those good things that every every company, every developer should want. Um, so, you know, that, that's kind of the way I'm, I'm going with those things. Um, I also think that if we're doing refactoring right, then we're going to have... Um, it, well, it naturally builds in this time that I have to take to consider new features. So, for instance, I, I've committed to a month of refactoring before working on any new features as soon as it launches, which seems crazy in some aspects because there will be people who will be demanding things. Um, but that also means that I have to take the time, it forces me to take the time to consider those requests, consider my options to not jump on anything too quickly or without enough thought and care. And so by the end of that month, I should have a much better idea of what to implement and how than I would if I was in the moment trying to react right instantly to everything. I think this will work out a little bit better. Uh, So that's kind of where things are with my side project. I'd love to hear where things are with your side projects. You can uh, get in touch with me on twitter at pseudocodes that's at s-u-d-o-c-o-d-e-s uh you can send me an email uh, carter at indielixer.com uh you can go to the website there as well to see show notes and episodes uh rate and review on your podcatcher of choice probably itunes for a lot of people um that always helps out it's an easy way to to uh show that you like what what i'm putting out there um And I think that'll wrap it up for this week. So I'll try and put up uh, another episode later on this week. uh, And then I'll try and keep up the momentum here. So hold me to it. Send me messages on Twitter if I'm, I'm not meeting your expectations. And until next week, thanks for listening.